Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Everyone who ever met the Lord Jesus Christ is never the same again. Either they moved away from him with the knowledge that they had rejected him, or they believed his message and received from him the gift of God's salvation. Yes, coming into contact with Christ is a pivotal point in a person's life, and our messages here on Anchor Point are given for just this reason, so that you might have a life-changing encounter. And such was the experience of a sinful woman, who had the wonderful opportunity to have a personal conversation with the Savior of the world. It's the story of a Samaritan woman at a well, whom the Lord Jesus singled out to meet on a hot, dusty day in Israel over 2,000 years ago. The woman had a need, a longing in her soul, that only the Savior knew and only the Savior could meet. Our speaker today is Stephen Harper, a missionary from Malawi, who takes up the story of this woman and her not-so-chance encounter with the man of Calvary. John's Gospel, chapter 4, if we read at verse number 3, it tells us that the Lord Jesus left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being Wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. He's pointing at the water in the well. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidst thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now 
Let's, for the sake of time, come down to verse 24. The Lord Jesus is now addressing the woman again, and he says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. I said this woman had a life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus. But you know, the surprising thing is that I think it was a day that started much as every other day had started. And yet this day ended unlike any day previous in this woman's life. And this day may have started for you just like every other day in your life. But I want to tell you that on the authority of the Word of God, this day could end unlike any day until the present in your experience because it is a blessed reality. You could have this life-changing encounter that the woman had And the wonderful thing about God's salvation is the only regret associated with God's salvation is, I didn't get it sooner. That's the only thing that people ever regret about God's salvation. I didn't get it sooner. You'll live a lifetime with God's salvation and the enjoyment of it increases more and more. And you'll say to yourself after you're saved, why did I wait so long? Why didn't I get saved so much earlier? Because I've lived to enjoy all that God has given. And that was the way this day started for this woman, just like any other day. But but it ended unlike any day in her life's experience. A few very simple things that I want to draw to your attention this evening. And I hope that they will be helpful to you as you think about your experience until now and the possibility that even in this meeting tonight, you could have the life-changing and eternity-changing interaction with the Lord Jesus. The first thing I want to draw to your attention is just this. The passage describes for us a selfless seeker. A selfless seeker. He's the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is down in the south of the country. He's in Jerusalem, and he's leaving Jerusalem, and he's going to go into Galilee. But The narrative tells us that he had to go through Samaria. And and you might look at a map and say, well, yes, I can see why he would choose to go through Samaria from the point of view that, well, it might be a more direct route. Then you see, you'd have to confront the reality that that wasn't the way that Jews went from Jerusalem into Galilee, because actually they would avoid Samaria like the plague Because as we read in our chapter, the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. So when it says that the Lord Jesus must needs go through Samaria, actually what it's telling us is this, that the Lord Jesus determined in his own heart that this was what he must do. Why must he go through Samaria? Why must the Lord Jesus go by a route that almost any other Jew wouldn't have taken. Why was it that the Lord Jesus was going to compromise his own credibility in the eyes of his own people and go through Samaria? Well, it was just this, because there was a woman that he wanted to meet and he knew she would be at a well. And the Lord Jesus was prepared to compromise his own credibility. He was prepared to compromise 
his own reputation. He was willing to lay that on the line because there was a woman who needed him and there was a woman whom he wanted to meet and to bless. And he was ready to compromise his own reputation. He was ready to lay his own credibility on the line. More than that, the Lord Jesus was ready to compromise his own personal comfort. It was either 6 a.m. or it was 6 p.m. The Lord Jesus either journeyed all day to meet the woman in the evening. More likely, the Lord Jesus journeyed all night so that he would meet the woman at 6 a.m. at a well when she would be there to draw water. And he arrived there and he was weary. And he sat wearied on the well. And he arrived there and he was hungry because the disciples left the Lord Jesus at the well and they went into the city to buy meat. Here's the Lord Jesus. He's journeyed all through the night and he's weary, he's tired, and he's hungry. But why has he compromised not only his credibility, he's compromised his own comfort. Why is that? Because there's a woman who's at a well and she needs a saviour. Would you allow me to express it this way? If I said that the Lord Jesus laid it all on the line for sinners just like you and me, if you're not saved this evening, it's not because the Lord Jesus doesn't care. If you're not saved this evening, it's not because the Lord Jesus hasn't gone out of his way to make salvation possible for you. Because the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus didn't just take a journey that brought him from Jerusalem through a city called Sychar in Samaria to meet a sinner like you. But the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus, he left the comforts of a heavenly home. He left a place where he was adored by the angels, worshipped by them, and served by them. And he came to a sinful world like this, where men despised him, where they rejected him, where at last that man who was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, who knew what it was to be an outcast, coming to his own, but not received by them. At last he was crucified, nailed upon a cross. And that was the price that he was willing to pay. Willing to go to a cross and endure not just the hatred of men who nailed him to the cross, having spat upon his face and having blindfolded him, mocking him, punching him, deriding him. Not only that, but upon the cross. The Bible describes it this way. The Lord, the one that we've been hearing about, Jehovah, made to meet upon him the iniquity of us all. Breaks my heart to think that there are souls that have the audacity to say that God doesn't care. And all the while the Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Lord Jesus left Jerusalem and went to a city called Sychar to find a woman, a questionable woman, at a well. He was willing to lay it all on the line because that woman needed a savior. And the Lord Jesus left the heights of heaven and came to this wicked world went to a cross 
and died for sinners like you and me because he knew we needed a saviour, a selfless seeker. I want to talk to you for a moment or two about a satisfying spring. Here's the woman and she's sitting by a well and she's utterly amazed because this Jewish man speaks to her, a Samaritan woman, and says, would you give me a drink? The woman expresses her surprise. But the Lord Jesus, he he then says to the woman, you know, if you knew who was speaking to you, and if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked, and I would have given you living water. The Lord Jesus says, you know, here's a well of water. It'll satisfy you momentarily, but you'll be back time and time again to have your thirst quenched. But if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the one who was speaking to you, you would simply have asked, and he would give you living water. He says, there's an internal spring. A well of water within the soul, within the heart, within the being. It's giving living satisfaction. Not something that's dead, but something that's alive. And it comes from within. It gives life. And you only have to ask for it. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that spoke to you, you'd just ask and he would give you this internal spring of living water. Aye, and more than that, it's not just an internal spring. Listen carefully, it's an eternal spring because it's a spring of water that never fails. You'll come back time and time and time again to this well But I can give you water that will never fail. And the joy of this well will never cease. It's living water. It's living satisfaction. And it's lasting satisfaction. It will never, ever fail. If you're not saved this evening, it's not because God doesn't care. It's not because the Lord Jesus doesn't care. That's the point I made already. He's a selfless seeker. He spared no expense that you might be blessed. So it's not because he doesn't care. It's because you have never asked. It's as simple as that. It's because you've never asked. Can you imagine, you know, a parent and that parent has just exactly what the child needs just exactly what the child needs, whatever the circumstances might be. And the child is laboring and laboring and laboring and and it never seems to have the resources that it needs. And what's the problem? The problem is it's never come to the parent and said, would you just give me what I need? Those of you who are parents and you have resources, you wouldn't hold them back from your children. And those of you who are children, you know that if your parent, if your mom, if your dad has what you need, all you got to do is ask for it. And you know that because of the heart of love that they have, they're just ready to give you what you need. Sometimes all you need to do is ask. There are people in this room this evening and they're not saved. You're not saved. And it isn't because the Lord Jesus doesn't care, because he's come from the very heights of heaven and gone all the way to a despicable cross and suffered there, paid the price of sin, and for whatever reason you have never asked him for salvation. Maybe you're too proud to ask. You'd like to work it out your own way. You're not ready to accept that 
the Lord Jesus Christ has finished that work. We were singing about that finished work at the start of the meeting. It is finished. Yes, indeed, finished every job. Sinner, this is all you need, tell me. Is it not? Some sinners aren't ready to acknowledge that that's all they need. They want to do something themselves. And some sinners just don't believe it. They just can't believe it. I wonder, are you a doubtful sinner this evening and you just don't believe that the Lord Jesus has the power, has the willingness to save you? You're not saved because you've never asked. It's as simple as that. I wonder, would you ask this evening? Just in the quietness of your own heart. You know, we're not going to ask you to come up to the front here and kneel down and say a prayer or anything like that. You know why we don't ask you to do that? Well, one of the reasons is because you don't need to. You don't need to. In the quietness of your own heart, just now, where you sit, just in your own words, express your sense of need, a need of a draft of living water. And if you would just come and in the quietness of your own heart say, just give me, Lord Jesus, just give me that draft of living water that I need. I need salvation and I want it now. He never yet turned away a sinner who simply came and asked. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was speaking to you, I'm not some trickster. I'm not some fraud. I'm not some person who comes and offers something but won't give it to you. If you knew the gift of God and who it was who's offering it to you, you would have asked. And he would have given you living water. Of course, there was a slight problem, wasn't there? I want to talk to you for a second or two about a secret sinner. There were a few things that needed to be cleared up before this dear woman could get the draft of living water. You see, the Lord Jesus says to her, go and call your husband. Uh, I don't don't have a husband. No, that's right. You don't have a husband. Actually, you've had five. And the one that you're living with now isn't your husband. So you're right when you say, I don't have a husband. See, the Lord Jesus He knew all about her secret affiliations. He knew about her past. He knew about her secret assumptions. He knew about all the things that she was thinking in her heart. All the preconceived ideas, religious ideas. And we don't have time to explore them. But he knew about all of those. And he knew about her secret aspirations too. Here was a woman and in spite of her sinful life, she still had a hope. She knew there was a Messiah coming and she was hoping for the day when he would come. Here was a woman and she wanted salvation. She wanted eternal life. The Lord Jesus knew about all of those things. And he knows all about you. He knows all about you. All your doubts, your fears, all your secret sins, all your anxieties, all the preconceived ideas that you have in your mind, he knows. He knows about them all. There's nothing hidden from him. And you know this woman, she goes into the city. After having met the Lord Jesus, she goes into the city And she says the most surprising thing. Would you just listen to this? Here's a sinner woman. She has a very, very checkered past. Let's not go into all the detail just now. But she's got a very, very checkered past. And yet she goes into the city and she says to the men of the city, come and see a man and he knows everything. And he told me everything that ever I did. And you know, I can just imagine the men of the city saying, come and see what kind of a man? A man who knows everything? You want us to come and meet a man who can tell us about everything that we ever did? I would think the most of us would be saying, that's the last person I want to see. That is the last But I don't want to meet someone who knows all about me. Why was this woman, why was she so thrilled about a man who knew all her secret sins? 
Would you be thrilled to meet someone who knew every secret, sordid detail of your past? Would you be glad to meet someone like that? No. But what if that was the only man who could cleanse and forgive all those sins? Would that make it different? What if that was a man who was loving and tender? What if that was a man who only wanted the best for you? What if that was the only one who could forgive and cleanse and blot out that past? That would change things, wouldn't it? I'm so glad that the Lord Jesus, I'm glad that you don't know my past, but I'm glad that he does. I'm glad that I'll never get to heaven. Now listen carefully. I'll never get to heaven and hear the Lord Jesus say, oh, wait a minute. If I'd known about that and that and that, I would never have saved you. So you're not getting in. That'll never happen. And that'll never happen with that woman. That woman, she was, she was rejoicing in this confidence. He knew it all and he still loved me and he still saved me. What a gracious, glorious savior he is. Could you not come to the Lord Jesus this evening? Don't try and hide from him. You can't. He knows it all anyway. And he just invites you to come out of the darkness and into the light. He says, if you'll just step into the light. He said, I know it will be temporarily an unpleasant and uncomfortable experience, but come into the light and I'll just cleanse all of your sins. They'll be gone forever. You see, he paid for them upon the cross. Every last one of them. He who knew them, God who knew them, laid them on him, believing. I am free. The woman goes into the city and she's rejoicing that all her sins are known. Really? Yes. Because not only are they known, they're all forgiven. All forgiven. And she's rejoicing in the forgiveness of sins. And she tells the men of the city. And then the men of the city, they come to listen to what the Lord Jesus has to say. And then at the end of our story, I want to tell you about the sinner's savior. Because at the end of the story, the men They have believed too, not just because of the testimony of the woman, but they said, we've heard him ourselves, and we realize that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Savior of the world, but is he your Savior? Savior of the world. He could be the Savior of ten worlds, of a hundred worlds, of a thousand worlds. If there were a thousand worlds, he could be the Savior of them all. But what if he were the Savior of a multitude of worlds, and he was never your Savior because you never received him? The fact that he's the savior of the world. Will you listen to me carefully now? Please don't misunderstand. The fact that Christ is the savior of the world will save no one. It'll not save you until you come and trust him and make him your savior. Why don't you ask him and he will give you living water. Well, how about it? Is the Savior of the world your Savior as well? Have you ever personally received living water from Him? Have you found the satisfaction and peace that only comes with knowing Christ and receiving His gift of eternal life? We hope so, because life is short. Life is precarious, as the circumstances surround us today make so evident to us. Come clean today about your inner turmoil, your lack of joy and purpose in life. Come clean about your sin and trust Christ as your Savior today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. 
Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. <laughs>